0: Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belvar with Equinely Inclined, the equine podcast for the internet horse community. Episode 174, Meet Evan Bonner and Updates from Jason and Bronwyn Irwin. Recorded on November 19, 2018. Brought to you in part by Ponsai Digital Media with online strategy, consulting and advising by sylviashneider.ca.
1: And this episode is also brought to you by you, our listeners, through your generous Patreon donations at patreon.com slash equinepodcast. Thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Sylvia Schneider. And I'm Diana Belbar. This episode will include a little about our time at the 2018 Farm Fair International, surprise
0: results from Diana's barnyard exercise,
1: <laughs> blanketing your horse in winter,
0: should you? An interview with horse trainer Evan Bonner, and an update from Jason and
1: Bronwyn Urban. Hey, Diana,
0: have you had a chance to ride again? No. <laughs> no? Oh, you said that short pretty, answer. Pretty short, yeah. <laughs> no,
1: no, but I mean. The last couple of weeks have been a little hectic around our way. It's true. And
0: actually, the weather has not been all that nice either. No.
1: Actually, it did turn. It did turn, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. gotten, it's gotten
0: back again, and now it's nice and slushy. Now
1: it's icy. Yeah, slushy and icy. above. We're yeah. back to, the roads might not be too bad, but walking across the yard
0: is tough. Well, I don't know. Um, I had an, an appointment in Sherwood Park, I think it was Friday morning, and I promptly cancelled because mm-hmm. I said, no, I'm not going to take my life in my hands. <laughs> and I never say that about Highway 14. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, I was super excited to get onto a schedule of working with my horses, and then life got in the way Mm, tell me more well I've spent far too much time in emergency room situations not (laughs) for me not for me um but I had a family member and let me just say don't go to the emergency room on a Monday I hear it is the busiest time yeah (laughs) and and never say when you go in there oh no I'm good Oh, no, I'm good. If you're dying, say you're dying. Don't say, oh, no, I'm good. You can just, you know, take someone else first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, yeah, no, I finally got uh, my family member into the hospital. And then, of course, it was visits and visits. So mm-hmm. I had all these plans for working with the horses. And uh, then I didn't see him for 10 days. Thank heavens they're boarding and in good hands with Pat and Gary.
1: For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, you had your own hands full.
0: For yes.
1: Sure. Yeah, right. We had a a terrible incident with an explosion in our parkade, a very deliberate explosion. Mm. in the in community, our, in our the heart of, in the community hall, heart of the community. Mm-hmm. In the heart of the community in Sherwood Park. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so our library is closed down. Well, our whole community center is closed down well, for the foreseeable future. The
0: entire community center mm-hmm. is right there. Mm-hmm. The the council, the all of the departments, mm-hmm. that's their headquarters. And mm-hmm. the library is part of the heart.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. So nothing, uh, I mean, you know, if people are thinking, no- nothing to, oh, how can we say this? It... <sighs> It was just a disturbed young man. Right. And uh, so Yeah. You know, and you have to feel for his family and Very yeah, much so anyway. Yeah. We'll get through this. Yeah. Well You
0: know, look at what was happening in California with the terrible fire. Oh, gosh. I I was watching the news and it showed four horses heading down the road. Turned loose, but on their own to find a way out. A thousand people missing. I know. I know. So... mm -hmm. It's like... And we know firsthand what it's like in terms of the smoke
1: Mm -hmm. that
0: the uh, surrounding communities are having to deal with because we had that same Mm -hmm. difficulty uh, in our community this summer. So for sure well it's definitely true that life is what happens when we're making other plans
1: (laughs) yes yes
0: Anyway, we went to Farm Fair International and really enjoyed ourselves. It was kind of like a reunion of sorts.
1: Absolutely, yeah. it was really a good time. It Got was. a few nice interviews, and yep. uh, yeah, yep. I loved meeting up with Nettie Barr again. I know, I love that lady, right? And Leanne, mm-hmm. and
0: all kinds of people, like I, mm-hmm. Kathy Pladen. She's the one who does all the um, herding of sheep in Fort Saskatchewan. Oh. Right. I think it's the only Mm -hmm. town center that actually has sheep. Oh, no. Couldn't be. (laughs) No. But it is fun. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Anyway, so Edmonton
1: has been doing it too, actually, now. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Good. I wonder if
0: uh, Kathy has anything to do with that. I don't know. Yeah, I should find out. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, it was really interesting. I didn't expect that kind of connection to be happening, so (laughs) I enjoyed it. I guess you're going to hear in some future episodes about some of the interviews we got. We got some things Mm on um, equine first aid and... And equine dentistry, and nutrition, and um, conditioning your horses. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, and uh, I mentioned in the last episode. You had some surprise results (laughs) from a barnyard exercise that you undertook. Do you want to remind our listeners what that was all about and let them know about your findings? It it was really interesting.
1: Yeah, so we did fecal egg counts Mm -hmm. on our horses. Right. And it was really quite funny because you put a ball of manure in a bag. Well, it just happens, too, that I had some left over. Uh, Okay. I just happened to... I don't really know why. It was kind of silly. But I guess I took two samples from from some and then realized after that I had. So I just left them beside at the edge of the barn. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody came by and went, what's this oh, in this, this bag? And said, oh, yeah. that's horse poop.
0: <laughs> I'm saving it because
1: I love my yeah. <laughs> horses so much. <laughs> anyway, no. So I got the manure samples into the vet and right. the results were rather surprising. So, yeah. you know, um, basically we generally... Deworm twice a year, right, and uh, but
0: not everybody does that you
1: no know, often people do it a lot more a right. lot more frequently than yeah. that so uh, and <laughs> and i hadn 't yet dewormed it. when I did the fecal sampling i hadn 't yet dewormed this fall mm-hmm. and so uh, well you generally we generally deworm after af- the frost after the frost, yeah, but yeah. i I could have already done it, but i hadn't yeah. so we were kind of thinking that. Uh, and and my horses are all in quite close confinement up the front. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of expecting to find out that they were all pretty heavily wormladen. Right. <laughs> sad to say. Yeah, sad to say. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that the results came through that I only had four medium shedders Interesting. and that everyone else was a low shedder. Wow. So, yeah. So and it certainly wasn't because I use a lot of heavy doses of of um, heavy duty dewormers because mm-hmm. I don't. Right. So <laughs> at any rate, I was really surprised. And the other surprising thing was that the horse that I thought was going to be a high shedder right. was actually one of the lowest shedders. Who? So, who knew? <laughs> yeah, who knew? So, you
0: can't figure these things yeah. out, eh?
1: And that was because I had seen some worms, right? right? That's why in you the, thought, in the, yeah, in the manure. However, and but it turns out that he's actually his system just gets rid of the worms before they actually get a chance to breed and lay eggs. Interesting. So yeah. So like he, uh,
0: his his um, body is quite efficient. His body is
1: quite efficient. That's and, great. <laughs> the other one that really surprised me was a horse who tends to colic. Right. Oh. He, he has a uh, trigger, has a tendency to colic. Him. Right. So we only feed him hay cubes and he is often on a, a probiotic. Although I did learn this weekend at Farm mm-hmm. Fair that probiotics really should only be used twice a year for a month at a time. That it's pretty pointless to do it year round.
0: Right. That was in the nu-
1: nutrition. Uh... That was in the nutrition course. So that yeah. was good to know. But at any rate, um, I really thought that he might have an issue because he probably doesn't have a very healthy gut, right? Mm-hmm. Because he tends to colic, right? right. And uh, no, he was the lowest shedder of them all. Oh. So I thought, so, you know, of course, so I mentioned it to the vet to the vet and she said, well, you know, it's very seldom that worms actually cause colic. And I said, no, I just, it's not that. I just thought he must have an unhealthy gut. Maybe he does, and the worms don't like it. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, funny. So I just had to deworm them all, and then come June, come Mm -hmm. next June, right? I will retest them all Mm -hmm. because I'm still working on my base results, right? But I'll actually only probably have to deworm four of them Hmm. out of like eighteen. Well, that's good news next year. So, so yeah. So it can be. I don't know. For me, it's not so much cost-saving mm-hmm. because you do have to pay for the testing. Right. Although, you know, I actually bought a microscope some years oh. back. I did, and I bought a test kit, and I actually thought I was going to get um, one of my young girls interested. Yeah, in it. yeah. So maybe I'll take up, maybe I'll take up uh, fecal egg <laughs> counting, but I was going to do the fecal egg counts and then send them in to have them done and see right. how close we could come. Mm. I don't even know if I could tell an air bubble from an egg
0: well Diana you have so much extra time to do yeah I know
1: (laughs) (laughs) maybe my granddaughter will get interested (laughs) in fecal egg (laughs) kills one can only hope anyway so but it is fascinating so but the main thing is that the less you can deworm horses, the less you can basically poison them. Right, with because the that's what wear, you're doing. Yeah. yeah, the better off they are, yeah. right? And so if they really don't need it, yeah. then why would you want to... You know, to do that. Right, and you don't want to kill off the, the worms. And you don't want to kill them all off yeah. either. Yeah. Or, I mean, you don't want to be too aggressive with it, or you mm-hmm. can end up with worms, or with parasites that, uh, are, tolerant. Are, or, that are tolerant. Yeah, to yeah. the dewormers, yeah. So there's a couple of reasons why you don't want to over-deworm, but yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed so, it.
0: So, bottom line is, counting worms can be profitable?
1: Oh, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it can certainly be fun. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, I thought I'd bring up another topic that happened to find me on my Facebook newsfeed. Mm-hmm. I don't know how these things find me, but you know, uh, blanketing your horse in the winter. Should you
1: or shouldn't you? No, dear. Well, I can't <laughs> say. I'm a big fan. But it is sometimes necessary. Right. Well, I mean,
0: yeah, if you bring a horse from Arizona, (laughs) I would say put a blanket on that poor boy.
1: Or older horses can have problems with um, maintaining their temperature properly. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, uh,
0: yeah. Well, I don't know. I've always been against the idea of blanketing but uh before this article found me i was really wrestling with whether i should work the horses after a big snow because i know how insulating that snowpack can be on their backs you know and i hate to remove it and then put them out in the cold so (laughs) you're funny i know know i'm funny (laughs) she
1: doesn't like to take the mud off either
0: Uh, that's not true oh you said
1: that (laughs) Well, I know that
0: if they they roll in the mud, they're protected from the flies and the mosquito bites, right? I mean, that helps. Uh Yeah.
1: But but we do know that a snowpack is very insulating. Well, actually, what we know, what we can agree on, you and I, is not that it's so much that it's insulating, as that it shows that your horse has proper insulating values in their coat. (sighs) It's like snow on a roof. This is what I would say. Right. If you see all down the street mm-hmm. houses all with snow on the roofs and you yep. see one with no snow on its roof, you can bet it needs insulation. Yeah, for sure, yeah. It's suffering.
0: But it's also, if there's a deep snowpack on the top of a roof, it also means that less energy is being expended.
1: We don't agree on that. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. But and besides which, I, you know, if I'm going to ride my horse, I'm I'm going to take the snow well, off yes, first. Well, yes, <laughs> of
0: course, yeah. No, I, of course, yes. But, you know, I mean, but it is true. Snow is very insulating. It's true.
1: Well, it's not a bad thing to see snow on top of your horse. No. Let's put it that way. We can agree on that.
0: <laughs> hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something here. This is, this is like a science experiment. So I used to be a letter carrier mm-hmm. way back in the day. Yeah. And I used to take this little jar of yogurt, when I could eat yogurt, can't anymore, and I would take it for a snack. Okay, so it's mm-hmm. in the middle of the winter. So I would put it in the snowbank. And I'd come out, and I would enjoy my uh, yogurt. And I thought, oh, you know, I bet it would get... It would be even tastier if I just left it, you know, like on the pavement or whatever, right? Well, I came out to the pavement. It was frozen solid. Oh, yeah. So if I stuck it in the snowbank, it was nice and cold and yummy. But if I stuck it not in the snowbank, it was in bad shape. Uh,
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Deep in the snow is definitely warmer than outside on the pavement. It's true. I agree.
0: Okay, well...
1: We can agree on that, too.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, anyway, the other things about
1: blanketing, though, I mean, like, I don't know... It you well, yeah. I mean, that well, number article, one, you it have had some to really remove it and check it all the time. Number right. two, you can end up having to use slinkies and whatnot because they're rubbing their fur off, and, uh, and I mean, horses like to play blanket issues. games, oh, like tearing
0: yeah. them and that sort of thing.
1: Oh yes, yeah, and they can end up upside down and backwards if you're, you know. I mean, that is, <laughs> but
0: but that article <laughs> had some really interesting things about the pilo erection properties of the hair <laughs> oh, and, and how it can medium. increase the hair um, hair by 30 percent mm. and yeah i mm-hmm. don't know it was kind of an interesting article
1: yes i actually did not realize that the hair could be moved in different directions as well as just picking it up and laying it down mm. so and of course i suppose they would have harder time doing that underneath a coat well they, so, are they? for yeah. sure they would yeah so, interesting anyway yeah um yeah i've always thought that horses did very well in the winter So it can be easy to feel sorry for the horses when they're out there in the wintertime. Yeah. Right? But honestly, they love being out there in the snow and not stuck in a stable. I do feel that, right?
0: Yeah. And And you know what? They are, they are warm enough. Now, let me give you another example from when I was a letter carrier. Okay. Okay. I used to go in the winter, right? It would be uh, 40 below. Now, when you get to 40 below, it doesn't matter if you are in centigrade or Celsius or whatever, or Fahrenheit. It's the same. And it would be that if there was a wind, different story yeah but i would be working so hard i would i would come up to a place and somebody at that place would say oh please come in you know and have a cup of hot chocolate and i'd said can i please have a glass of cold water and they'd look at me and i was so <laughs> hot from working so hard so you know it, it's like it,
1: well mm. that actually brings up another point mm-hmm. horses can sweat under those blankets that's true in the dead of winter. and then it's not great and that's not good either no. That's very interesting. <laughs> well, I know that we can come up with a gazillion reasons why I don't want to Blank- deal with blanketing no. a horse. Right. But then other people could come up with a lot of reasons why, why I they know. would want to. Now, oh, for ex- example, you know, I have played the game, let's try to dry out this horse with his long coat mm. after we rode him in the winter mm. <laughs> inside. Right? So, I mean, it, it, took, uh, it always takes longer to dry the horse off. And make sure his coat's all fluffy again Mm -hmm. than it does to catch him, groom him, and ride him. Right. It's putting him away after that takes forever.
0: Yeah, it's true. If they're not clipped. Right. And blanketed. Exactly. So if you are going to be riding your horses a lot, you're probably going to be clipping them anyway and Mm -hmm. blanketing them. Mm -hmm. That would become a completely different situation.
1: It's a completely different story. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, the pros and cons. (laughs) Well, let's Let's hear it, folks. Yeah. Do you blanket? Yeah,
0: we always want to hear what our listeners are up to. So, mm-hmm. how's Diana says? Do you blanket your horses? <laughs> What's your experience being?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And how about do you count worms? <laughs> Well, let's say it is a a, sort of a new thing, isn't it? Well, it's not too new. I mean, it's been around for quite a few years, but it'd be interesting to know how many people do like to keep an eye on the fecal egg count Mm -hmm. in their herds.
0: Right. And I'm going to keep asking this question. Have you introduced someone new to horses since the last episode?
1: There you go. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, our newest listeners might be wondering how to be in touch with us.
1: So for now, the easiest way for people to be in touch is via the Facebook page. And that might change, but not for a little bit.
0: Right. And uh, by the way, that's at facebook.com slash equinely inclined. Just leave us a message and we should be able to reply. Well, time for interview number one. When I was at the main event, Chilliwack, I met Evan Bonner, a trainer at the Trainer's Challenge.
1: Well, Evan is someone that we have not seen working before.
0: No, that's for
1: sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, fun fact, if you're one of our supporting
0: patrons, and a big thank you to those who are, you may have already seen the video version of this interview.
1: I hear you had a little trouble with that.
0: Oh my goodness, it was a tad (laughs) tricky. (laughs) The... The gracious her- person helping me by shooting the video wasn't familiar with the tools and there were some gaps where the video was lost. But not to worry, we managed to creatively remedy that. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, Also, the sound from the video was impossible to use so we had to strip it out and use the recording from our audio recorder. So it meant we had some work to do to match up the video with the audio before combining it together and putting it out.
1: <laughs> Heavens, that sounds like a lot of work.
0: You know, it, it took a lot of work, but we loved of our supporters on Patreon, and we wanted to make sure they were able to access it.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well, let's have a listen to this interview.
0: <laughs> I'm right. Well, Diana, I'm so sorry you weren't able to meet Evan Bonner. I enjoyed chatting with him and learning how his horse world came about. I'm looking forward to it. Also, just saying, I don't know who the clinician was in the arena below when I was interviewing Evan, but he had people stomping their feet and raising a ruckus. Needless to say, it was a challenge for Evan and I to hear one another, so you'll need to listen carefully all right so i'm here at the chilliwack main event the 2018 edition i'm here with uh evan bonner and he is one of the trainers of the trainers challenge and evan can you tell us a little bit about uh yourself where you're from how you got started with horses and how you came to be at the main event expo
2: uh, well, I grew up in Port Orchard, Washington, which is uh, near Seattle. And uh, my family got into horses when I was about 14 or so. And uh, I, I really started to become interested in horsemanship, not just uh, riding horses, but kind of understanding a little more about the horse and getting better and better with the horse. And it sort of grew from there. When I was about 19, I started to offer horse training to the public. I didn't necessarily know what I was doing at the time, but Good for
0: you, <laughs> I knew enough to
2: get in trouble yeah. with one. But uh, but I I knew that I needed to, to learn more, so I kept riding with uh, with different people, and one person led me to another person, which led me to another yes. person um, until I kind of found the philosophy that I that sort of uh, matches me right. Resonates pretty well. With you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so. Um, So I I consider myself to be a student of the of we'll say the Tom Dorrance Ray Hunt style or philosophy. Okay, so Um, those are your mentors. Yeah, well, the people I've I've ridden with have have uh, spent time around those guys. Um, But uh, and like I said, I'm just a student of it, and I can just be all I can do is be the best representative um, uh, of them as I can, and be and offer the best interpretation that uh, that I can. Based on what I know at this point, and I'm always learning, I'm always growing, and when I know better, I do better. Um, and so, and I let the horse sort of be my teacher.
0: Um, they make great teachers, don't they?
2: So the horse is the horse is the truth. So, um, the uh, they're very telling. Uh-huh. You know, they, they when they you offer them a good deal, they'll change, and they'll shape up. And so, as the horse starts to get smoother, uh, you know, you're kind of on the right track. So. I ended up coming to the main event two years ago. Uh, I was just invited to come up and, and participate in the trainer's challenge. Was that your uh, first
0: uh, trainer's challenge at that point? Or had uh, you been I, had
2: from... done, I had done, uh, I think, 25 oh, cult starting wow. events. Wow. Cult starting, we'll call them competitions, yeah. if you want to call it that. If you want to call it uh, that. Over the last eight years or so. Two different organizations yeah. place. and places. Uh, and it definitely prepared me pretty well for being able to speak and, and to kind of get confidence with myself and kind of uh, you know change my style and, and figure out what kind of works and the way I look at it what makes it a challenge is that you only have a limited amount of time and so you're, you can't go faster than what the horse uh, do do too much otherwise you'll, you'll overexpose the horse so it's, there's definitely an art to it in that mm-hmm. sense Last year I was a clinician here, uh, at, as a, a presenter at the expo here, and then this year they invited me back to do the Trans Challenge again.
0: Great! What was your uh, topic of um, clinic last year?
2: Uh, last year I did a few different topics, and they uh, I offered a few different topics, and they, they sort of choose you know what they want to see so mm-hmm. they can get some variety. Um, but I talked about what it takes to really put a good foundation on a horse. Oh, that's um, great! Yeah. There's a lot of, for example, a lot of sport horses that might be started really young and they're very specialized but they don't have a strong foundation and so they can develop problems later on in their career uh, because they maybe they do too much with them when they're young and so they can have physical problems they can have mental emotional problems as well Uh, if they don't have that they don't take at least a few years to build that good foundation in there Um, we talked about working with anxious horses I have an off-the-track thoroughbred and so basically kind of what it took me to get that horse figured out yeah. um, and some things that helped me. Yeah. Um, I did a demo on how to get that horse to want to be with you. Uh, I talk about the secret to horsemanship is get your horse to where it wants to be with you more than any other place.
0: That's, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um,
2: so I did a demo on that. And then I did a demo on how to kind of vary your riding program a little bit. How to build some consistency in your riding, and then kind of how to add variation to your, to mm-hmm. your variations on variations to keep, thing, to keep things interesting for your horse. So they don't want to anticipate one or two things; they're anticipating ten thousand things.
0: Right. So, um, before I go further, I just wanted to bring up the name Peter Campbell, because apparently, uh, Peter Campbell has been a big, uh, part of your past, like, in terms of, um, your approach and who you respect.
1: That's
2: right, yeah, I, I didn't sp- spend as much time around Peter as I wish I could have, and I think that everybody who was around him would probably tell you the same thing, regardless of how long they knew him, but, um, so I can't really say that I spent a lot of time with him, but let's put it this way he was a bigger influence on me than anybody else I've ever met so and he's probably a better horse than anybody else I've ever met um, just the things he could do with a horse weren't about the mechanics he could just touch a horse and it would change and I knew wow. and I knew that he would just be near it and then if the horse knew him the horse would, would, would change mm-hmm. because of how he fit. helped the horse learn to feel maybe so and I knew that I kind of wanted to hunt that and, and maybe get that working yeah. and, and understand it mm-hmm. And a lot of it's experience. And, and maybe I'll never get to where I'm as good as him Ed, because I maybe I'll never get that many horses under my belt in my lifetime. Huh? But, you know, I'm sure he, he probably saved me, you know, 5,000 horses maybe. Yeah. So,
0: well, you said something that really resonated with me yesterday, and that was about ego. So can you kind of repeat what it was you said about ego? Ego is important, but...
2: Well, I think ego is important in life because it gives you drive. It motivates you. But the key is to leave it in the passenger seat. To leave it at the barn door when you go to work the horse. Because the horse doesn't have an ego. And so anytime you have to... Um, anytime you find yourself defending something or... Um, or uh, justifying something or... Uh, you know, or getting emotional or getting upset. You see, that's... And that's, that's ego. And the horse doesn't have an ego. The horse lives in the moment... It, all it wants to do is survive. And so if you think about working from where the horse is at uh, and leaving that ego at the barn door, I think that's that's one of the secrets to horsemanship.
0: Yeah, I would, I would concur. It's very important. Yeah. Um, so, can you tell me a little bit about the um, choosing of the horses, the drawing of the horses, uh, your um, thoughts about the horses that we have this year?
2: This year they got some real nice ones. Uh, they're really from the Rocking Heart Ranch, and uh, they're, they're all three really nice horses. And I and I honestly would have liked to have any one of them. And the one I got was a real gentle guy. Um, they're all pretty gentle. Mm-hmm. Um, mine's a little bit more sticky, but that's that's you know that will be a real temporary thing. Um, and so they're all kind of different, and they all have strength and weak strengths and weaknesses. And so, which you, you work more the horses at, so you take advantage of what the horse offers you, and then you work work from there.
0: So, uh, what have you done with your horse so far? Um, does he does he have a name?
2: I think they're uh, <laughs> uh, uh, blue. I've been calling blue? him blue. You've yeah. been calling him blue. But I think okay. they we'll none of them have none of them have nicknames yet. I yeah. think they all no, they're going to pick their names he's later. He's almost
0: like a blue roan uh, in a way. Mm, yeah. He is,
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, so how's but blue, uh, blue? yeah, I mean, what I've been working on was getting him to where he could free up a little bit kind of get his feet unstuck but if you push too hard then he'll quit and that's it's probably the biggest in in these type of events the biggest thing to worry about people think they have a time limit and that's going to be a detriment but in reality you'd be way more apt to push too hard and ask for too much and overexpose the horse than you would be to run out of time so you think about taking your time and building that try in this case getting his feet to free up and his quarters and forequarters to free up and showing some different approaches. Sometimes doing things just for the sake of showing someone how to do something because that's what this event is about. And so that's kind of what I've been doing so far, and he's pretty on, on track. He's right where I want him to be right now.
0: Um, he's a really interesting guy. Like you said, he doesn't expend a ton of energy um, physically, but he expends a lot of energy
2: mm-hmm. thinking. He's thinking, he's thinking. You saw him today yeah. where he was... Uh, he was. Uh-huh. Trying, he's trying to think about how to get rid of me. <laughs> and um, sometimes when they start pawing, that's the last thing they think to do yeah. know, when they when they can't get rid of you.
0: That's oh. interesting. That's interesting to note. Yeah, um, I have a I have a, a, a pony that paws, and uh, and and you're right. That is like the last thing that they're thinking about is I don't know what else to do here now. So and that's I think maybe the time you have to keep them moving before they get into trouble. So where um, where are you at in um, the course of things now. You've got two more sessions, Mm -hmm. and what are your plans for those two sessions as far as you can go with him?
2: At this point, I mean, he's in a pretty good place. Um, Mm -hmm. All I'm going to do now is just sort of polish up a little bit and pretty much just uh, refine a few things. Um, And that's kind of where he's at at this stage. Um, There's really nothing that I'm worried about Mm -hmm. as far as what he's going to have trouble with. Mm -hmm. And so... And and the big key to this whole thing is is you don't you don't have a lot of time to really get one good about something where when he's really bothered uh-huh. maybe so you think about getting an idea of what the horse is comfortable with what the horse understands Even you can help him get an idea you get him hooked on to, some, to something whether it's walking to, over the poles or whatever uh-huh. um, and then sort of let him build on that a little bit uh-huh. and not and not getting into getting him into trouble uh-huh. so. That's probably the biggest strategy. So,
0: so he's, you're going to get him to stand on the bridge, and you'll probably get him to drag a log in the next session and see how that works? Uh,
2: well, as far as the bridge goes, I mean, that's all he wanted to do the last session, With to walk on the bridge. He yeah. kept <laughs> hooking onto that bridge. It was almost more of a distraction at that point. Yeah. So I'll take that out, and I'll do a few other different things. Oh, okay. So,
0: yeah. Great. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it sounds like you have your, yourself all ready for... Uh, a plan to go into the finals. Okay. Oh, yeah. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about uh, how they can find out more about Evan Bonner? Do you have a website? Well, I, got or... a, I
2: have a website, evanbonner.com, mm-hmm. and my Facebook page is Evan Bonner Horsemanship. Uh-huh. Um, and I do clinics uh, at my barn in Port Orchard, mm-hmm. and uh, people can bring their horse, people can come and watch the clinics, people can, can spend time with us and uh, take lessons, and uh, I try my best to share what I've learned. And, and I'm still learning, And so I have teachers that I ride with, and so uh, it's just a journey. We're all on the same journey.
0: When it comes to horses, you don't quit learning unless unless you're dead. (laughs) Sorry, that's the way it is, isn't it? (laughs) All right, well, thanks so much for taking the time to do the interview. I really appreciate
2: it. You bet, my pleasure.
0: Well... Evan is obviously a risk taker, I would say. I think it was brave of him to be in offering his services before he felt he really knew what he was doing and then refined it as he learned. That's awesome.
1: Oh. Ah, well, you know, I thought listening to him that he was a true student of the science of training horses all along, though. As, right. He as was. he said, you know, he, he knew enough to get into trouble. Right <laughs> <laughs> I was cute. And I you know, I actually, when I listened to that interview, I thought it was pretty easy to hear. Did you? Yeah, I thought it was okay. Oh,
0: okay. I had a hard time. Maybe it's just my hearing. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Well, I thought it was very interesting that he has worked with um, off-the-track thoroughbreds. And on that topic, Diana, did you know that there's an off-the-track thoroughbred trainer uh, competition or trainer challenge at the Saskatchewan Equine
1: Expo? No, I didn't. Is yeah. that is that the first time they've had that? It must be. I
0: think they maybe had it last year, and we didn't make it there oh, last we year. we didn't make it. And oh. so... I I don't know the ins and outs of it, but apparently there's a lot of rules around it, and you make this uh, decision well in advance, Um, you actually have to apply and be accepted, then you start looking for your horse, or something like that, And and then you start bringing it along, so if you don't look for your horse until late in the year... Oh, they choose their horse. They, uh, yeah, I think they they choose their horse. They go and find a horse. They go find a horse. And then they train it. That's not hard to do. Then they train, no, it's not hard to do. Then they train it in the discipline that they feel that they want to work this horse in. So, I don't know. It sounds really interesting. Okay, can I
1: tell a funny story? Sure.
0: Is it, uh, just hang on a second. It's just it's like it's not like it's a trainer's challenge right there where they have off the track thoroughbreds that they're no. going to train. Yeah, right. It's more like you bring them along in a discipline. Okay. go ahead.
1: Well, that's interesting. It'd be interesting to see the rules. Yeah. No, I I just I'm reminded of a of a lady who called me up one time long ago, long long ago, mm-hmm. and said, "Hi, I have a horse." I have nowhere to keep the horse. I know nothing about horses, and I have no way to get it home. Someone said, you can help me. (laughs) (laughs) But it turned out she had said to her uncle that um, she, what do racehorses do when they don't do well on the track? And he said, oh, uh, well, they go to the pig farm. Hmm. And she said, what do they do on the pig farm? And he just kind of looked at her. Mm. And when she figured out what it was, she said, well, I could give a home to a to a nice standard bread. Mm-hmm. And a week later, she had a horse. Mm. Actually, I lie. I think it was two weeks. Mm. But <laughs> very quickly, she had herself a horse and a very nice horse, too. Oh, good.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, and then you were the one that helped her get it where it needed to go. Oh, yeah. yeah. But,
1: but it was funny. It turned out he was a pacer. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was, it was, that was entertaining too. Okay, moving on. (laughs)
0: Okay, another story for another Mm -hmm, time. Yeah. Well, before sharing our interview with Jason and Bronwyn Irwin, let's talk about some housekeeping stuff. If you don't know about it, Equinely Inclined has a Patreon page. Our patron support through Patreon is the only way, other than personal funds, for us to keep this podcast alive. We look forward to more patrons and coming up with more ways to keep things interesting for them. If you
1: love to hear great interviews and horsey information, please help us to keep this podcast going. That's right. This podcast has a Patreon page so our listeners can help us by supporting our creation of the podcast. Check it out at patreon.com slash and you'll see that there are posts there for paying patrons that our regular podcast listeners don't have access to. Right, like the video of the Evan Bonner interview.
0: When we attend events, we shoot video and snap pics of behind-the-scenes happenings and share those with patrons. I have more from the main event expo in Chilliwack, BC, and some from Farm Fair International that I need to review and post. And then there's the 100 plus interviews that we can no longer afford to keep on the podcast delivery server.
1: Heavy sigh. (laughs) These past episodes are, are, they are really great. Mm -hmm. They include equine information and amazing interviews with top athletes and other industry players in the equine world.
0: I'll echo that, Diana. They really are great. The good news is that I'm slowly making these past episodes available for our supporting patrons.
1: And like everything it takes time.
0: Yes, it's either time or money right now and I have to make money other ways until we build up our patron support
1: on Patreon. Without a doubt we need more patrons. If you enjoy listening to the podcast and look forward to each episode, please become a patron and support the creation of the podcast with a pledge. Once again, you can pledge at patreon.com slash equine
0: podcast and we thank all of our patrons so much for their support. Well Diane, I loved having a chance to see Jason and Bronwyn Irwin again. They are such fun people to chat with.
1: Indeed. And I think it's a joy to see two horse people who love each other get together.
0: Well, yeah, you know what? It's difficult sometimes when one person really loves horses and the other person doesn't really care because you always are torn in different directions. So Mm -hmm. when you're both horse people, it's like you're on the path together.
1: As long as you have the same views. Yes, it's true,
0: yes. (laughs) We said earlier that life is what happens when we're making other plans, so you'll hear in this interview how Bronwyn dealt with this too. Oh, let's have a listen. Well, I'm here at uh, the Chilliwack Main Event, the 2018 edition, and I am with Jason Irwin. And uh, I just wanted to catch up with him Mm -hmm. because uh, we interviewed him in Red Deer and found out his uh, backstory and how he started the courses and everything. But I thought it would be nice to find out um, how things are going at the main event this year for you as a trainer and how it kind of compares to uh, how it went in Red Deer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well,
3: that's uh, no, so far I'm pretty happy with my colt. The very first day i got him saddled up with uh really no spooking no bucking no anything and i was running a little bit short on time but i had time just to get on him at towards the end of the session walk around for maybe three or four minutes something like that and i got off and at first he didn't want me to catch him so it took me a minute there if i'd the time I spent trying to catch him at the very start, if I had that at the end, I maybe would have gotten just a little farther, but it doesn't really matter. I was pretty happy anyways. And then uh, every session I've just been trying to build a little more and a little more. Second session, walk trot, then quite a few obstacles and stuff like that. Um, I'm kind of starting to get a little bit where all the sessions are jumbled together in my mind, so I probably can't <laughs> I narrate yeah. every one of them, but the, yeah. I finished my final one this morning, final training session, and uh, I was pretty happy with that. I went, uh, he was walk, trot, lope, stopped back up, pretty much all the obstacles. Then I took the bridle off, went walk, trot, lope with the, no bridle on him. Uh, that rode bareback at one point.
0: Wow,
3: uh Cracking. Good. Yeah, I was pretty, uh, cracking stock whips off his back, um, picked up all his feet. Some other stuff too. Uh, again, I'm a little bit dopey right now. We're in Ontario time and oh, that, my so my whole, yeah. I'm getting a little bit funny <laughs> I know
0: yeah well it's a long weekend and um, I am I'm tired and I'm only one one hour ahead of this time so yeah, okay you know, I'm sure, like.
2: sure.
0: Um, so um, I'm just wondering how does this compare like the horses Did first of all did you get the horse that you wanted to have are you happy with the I'm
3: I'm really happy with the horse now with these competitions it's always so hard to know which one you should have you're just taking a you're an educated guess but it's a guess and mm-hmm. that but actually this time here, we didn't get a choice. Oh, uh, before okay. there, we drew numbers, and then whoever got, say, number one, could pick their horse first. Mm-hmm. And this time, we just drew numbers out of a hat, and whichever number, excuse me, whichever name or color was on the, the ball was the horse that you got. Oh, so I picked right. out a ball that said Palomino, so mm-hmm. I was given that one. So in a way, this time, it didn't matter what <laughs> horse I wanted because I, ma- I wasn't going to get it anyway. So okay, okay, and right. that, So it's purely luck of the draw. They kind of like that in a way because then no one could say that oh, my horse, I wanted that one, and they picked it on me yeah. and stuff like this. So this way here, it's supposedly a yeah. little more up in the air. And
0: yeah, so um, now I'm trying to remember how many trainers' challenges you've done before this one because I'm, I'm just wondering what the horses are like between the different trainers' challenges that you've done. I've done
3: a few in the U.S. Uh, this is my second one with main event. Mm-hmm. Now, in the April there i had a big not big but pretty big buckskin in a red deer called stretch right. and uh she's a really nice filly. now when i saddled her up for the first time she had more things to say about it maybe uh-huh. than this colt and that, I think uh, I remember that yeah she wasn't happy for a minute there and that but she got over it pretty quick yeah. and that and turned out to be a really nice horse and that this colt Mm, it's really hard to compare this Colt to that one because there are quite a few similarities actually mm-hmm. um, they're both they were both pretty open-minded horses they both though have their had their sticky spots mm-hmm. like so they would may do really well in one thing but then another thing that was maybe no more difficult they would give you just a little bit more trouble with not right. terrible but you could feel that resistance here and there yeah. and that so this colt isn't quite as tall but a lot of this a lot of the traits are the same the the horse in alberta one thing it reached out a little bit more so when you asked it to go it would mm-hmm. have a little bit more of a flow to it right. this one here when i ask oh. it to go i have to ask just a little bit more but it still does a really good job so i'm happy
0: so now the horses in alberta weren't they all mares and weren't they three-year-olds
3: yes right, i think so
0: these ones are two-year-olds and i believe they're all colts.
3: these are all geldings. um to be quite honest i'm not sure if what yep. age they are <laughs>
0: yeah no i heard somebody say they were two-year-olds so
3: they're twos I, or threes i'm yeah, not sure so
0: that, that that could be even a different right in the age and, and in the gender and that sort of
3: thing right? well the geldings some people like geldings better for they're supposedly more uh, even-natured I guess you'd say mm-hmm. but I don't know you kind of get good good mares and good geldings and that too so it definitely can play a factor but at the same time and the other thing is too we all got mayors in the other competition we all got geldings in this competition so no one has an edge one way or another based on which gender of horse they got so we're all kind of in the same boat on that one Mm.
0: so how do you feel that you're um going into the finals are you happy with the position you're in yeah
3: yeah yeah. no i'm very happy i have no clue what the where i'm scored or ranked or anything like that and to be quite honest i don't want to know and (laughs) that i just I've been in a once in the past where I've looked at the scores and then tried to adjust my plan accordingly and then maybe adjusted it where I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And I would rather go in oblivious, kind of ignorance is bliss type deal. Right. And uh, then I'll go in, I just follow my own program and then the chips sort of fall where they may. But as far as happy with the horse and happy with where I'm going in, I am. Yeah. Now, it's always a little bit tricky. You can do a really good job in the round pen mm-hmm. and you can bring them out here into the big arena and there's all the new sights, yeah. the new sounds. All that stuff, yeah. and that's so you can think you have something really down pat, and all of a sudden, surprise you don't. Right. And that's so, but I'm optimistic. Hopefully. And
0: do you have uh, any insight into what you might do for a freestyle, or is there a freestyle in this one?
3: Uh, yeah, if we don't use up all our time, we can do a freestyle. There, um, well, some of the stuff that I did in my last session, like I rode with no bridle and mm-hmm. things like that, so I might try to incorporate that into the freestyle. I'll kind of wait on that one and just see. If and get a sense of where the horse is. Right. If it's a little bit spooky, a little bit nervous, I'll keep things fairly low-key. If he's really accepting it, then I can do maybe a little bit more.
0: Right. So I think then after this uh, is all over, I think you guys are on your way to uh, the Royal, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Bronwyn is with us as well. And Bronwyn, I think we heard from you in the last interview that you're going to be participating in the Royal.
3: Yep. Um, my horse uh, chief and I qualified for uh, the pole bending for the Royal Road this year again and uh, actually Chief's injured right now so I'll be riding my backup mare that I got ready in September
2: <laughs> and put a really rush uh, <laughs> rush conditioning program on her and I'll be riding her in the Royal she actually finished third at the finals last weekend yep. so I'm super thrilled with her there's 10 competitors there and she I, really came to shine
3: <laughs> I was pretty impressed with that one because that mare hadn't hardly been ridden all year long and then Bronwyn had one month to get her ready for the for the finals. And she looked like she'd swallowed a round bale hole when she started. And not that I was didn't have a lot of faith in Bronwyn, but I'm kind of looking at this horse and i like, oh, this is going to be tough. Yeah. And that, but uh, yeah. she didn't push her very too hard at all, but she really brought her on well. And uh, when she went into the finals, if, if she wasn't in perfect condition, she was pretty darn close to it. And that, so I think the Royal's going to go over pretty well for her. Oh,
0: well, that sounds good. Yeah. Well, it was great touching base with you two again. And uh, yeah, I was really delighted to hear I was going to get a chance to talk with you. (laughs) So yeah, so um, thanks so much for the interview. And you know, just one more thing before we leave. Just where can people find out more about uh, Jason and Bronwyn Irwin?
3: Well, there's a few places. We try to spread ourselves around, I guess. (laughs) Um, Our Facebook page is one of our more popular ones, Jason and Bronwyn Irwin Horsemanship. Mm -hmm. And then uh, our family farm, is another one North Star Livestock and there's North Star Livestock the Facebook page and NorthStarLivestock.com the mm-hmm. website and uh, we try to put updates about all the things we're doing we've got a few big events coming up we're going to the Saskatchewan Horse Expo as well oh in, um, I'm hoping to get there ok we're going in February to that okay. yep. and then uh, in, in uh, April we're going to Equine Affair the big one in Ohio mm-hmm. and, that, and we're really looking forward to that one and oh, we've got lots of other things on the go to lots of clinics coming up and things like that so we're we're pretty we're pretty pumped for the what's coming up this year.
0: Yeah, sounds good. A life with horses takes oh, yeah. you lots of places. It does. it does. All right. Thanks so much for taking the time. I know you have a meeting to go to and you have some grub to catch for. Yep. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I wonder how Bronwyn did in
1: her Royal Winter Fair event well uh, she and her horse actually looked it up you know oh you i, uh, I went to her facebook page oh my goodness okay <laughs> so, so you're gonna tell us yeah. oh you sneaky pete oh, <laughs> so her and her horse kate that was um that was her uh, backup horse right right uh did make it to the royal mm-hmm. and it sounds like bronwyn had to manage that with a pinched nerve aye, aye, aye. so thank goodness for jason Wow, Mm -hmm. and they ran well, but took down a pole. But Bronwyn was happy with their efforts; very happy. Well, you know, I mean, that was a long haul. You know, first she
0: had Chief, and then Chief didn't make it, and so she got Kate ready, and Mm -hmm. oh man, and just getting to the royal, yeah, is it's a big deal. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Well, we wish them all the best in their uh, next uh, ventures. Mm -hmm. I think it's the Saskatchewan uh, Equine Expo. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. we we have to talk we have to talk talk. Uh anyway we want to mention our newest visitors to the Equinely Inclined Facebook page so we'd love to give a big welcome to Doug and Maureen from Macklin, Saskatchewan and Chelsea from Grimshaw, Alberta stop by our page at facebook.com slash equinely inclined and click on the
1: like button and you'll hear your name when we welcome you at this spot in our next episode and please remember this tell five friends about our Facebook page When you do, you're helping others learn more about horses, and we love to help educate people about the many aspects of horses and other equines.
0: Right. We love it when you share what you find on our wall and in our podcast episodes with others. If we want positive impact for horses and our world, it takes all of us to help ourselves and others learn more about horses.
1: So let us know what you thought of this episode and what else you'd like to hear.
0: Do you have an opinion on a horsey topic, or is there one you wish us to cover? Talk to us. Don't be shy. Go to www.facebook.com slash inclined and leave us a message on the page. Next episode, Diana. hmm I want it to be right away. I'd love to have the next one out in a week or so. <laughs> okay. Well, we do have a lot of material to cover. We do. We have a lot of interviews, and I would really like to get them out for our listeners. So... Oh, okay. I'm not sure what the next episode's going to be, because I have lots to choose from. Mm-hmm. (laughs) That's true. But um, I don't know. I think that if people check the Facebook page.
1: Absolutely. Because, you know, we enjoy doing live interviews. We do. uh, You never know what we might surprise you with. That's
0: true. And, you know, I'm just going to say this. Please find an on-horse person you think might enjoy knowing more about horses and engage them in conversation. Let them know about everything we do. It would be great to have them join us on Facebook and as a podcast listener.
1: And one last message, a heartfelt thank you to all of our patrons for their support.
0: Yes, thank you very much for your support. So until our next episode, bye from Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belbar. And give your horses big hugs for us.